better than a normal kid in real life. It's a hearing aid. <laughs> you need hearing aids? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe? Okay. Oh. Learn something new every day. I try. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be directional. Yeah, bi-directional is what we're using before because we're sitting yeah. opposite each other. So which isn't happening. Which isn't happening. Anymore. No, no, no. Because no. of the cord situation. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, we could literally just pick that up and put it over there if you wanted, but... Yeah, no. We're, we're comfy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you just don't want to stand up again? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's how it goes? Yeah. yeah. So, we're, we're cool? We're recording? We, we're cool. We're, we should right. be recording. Oh, oh, I, right. I should check. Oh, I should make sure. We are recording. We are recording. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, welcome to... This will be episode number two. Number uh, two. Okay. Two. I just want to know. Uh, because the ones we had recorded earlier I listened through and were just not very interesting. Just garbage. So we're going we're gonna yeah. to re- record another one. Yeah. So this is where we're at. Which is why it maybe has been five months. Cuts. Yep. <laughs> so let's use this to start off with, right? In the whole hearing aid thing, because this is a thing. <laughs> I tried to download a free hearing aid app on my iPhone once and plug in a set of headphones use that and uh, you know how this little thing says gain yeah what would happen was you couldn't hear anything if you turn that up the gain it would go and like get increasing <laughs> as, you, as you started to turn that that's fair enough look at that I fucking love watching these waves for me so naturally there so you can see you're just <laughs> naturally and then it's like this is us fucking with you right yeah now. this is us fucking this with the mic in your ears, we're putting things in people's ears. Are you cold? Um, yeah, for the first time in a long time. I'm a warm-blooded guy, man. I don't blooded. usually get cold. And now you're sitting here shivering. Yeah. Hands I between s- your legs. Makes you sound like hoodie a on. This is how you record. I'm freezing to damn it. Should have seen my son as we were leaving today to record the podcast. He was losing his mind. Oh, yeah. Wade makes the classic comment of, Got him. Got him. <laughs> yeah. Angry little tongue. Well, your child is about the right size to be a hobbit. It's <laughs> <laughs> one fully grown hobbit. Size of a small toddler. Can't kill those in Fallout games. Can't kill no halflings. <laughs> no, just true. No, the first to go. Oh, actually, you can kill children in Fallout 3. Can you? Yep, you can set off a nuke, which will kill children. You can set one. The, the nuke in Megaton? Oh, yeah, that'll kill children, I guess, theoretically. Yeah. Technically, it doesn't really, like, kill them. It just it. kind of really removes them from the game. <laughs> <laughs> but is there much of a difference? Is there, They won't allow mods either, will they? Allow on you. console? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure on console, like, the, the, in, their, in their, their specific mod store, you can't have mods that are hard to Really? Yeah. Okay, because I know, uh, like, as far as I know, the only game you can actually get mods for on console is Skyrim. No, for the first one. Uh, well, yeah. 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 A lot of the mods. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the. Well, they sort of release both at the same time. Mm. Like, the ability to do mods on it. Uh, at first, the mods weren't so big for the, the console market, mm. but they've been picking up a lot, apparently. Okay. People are actually using them now. Well, not just using them, like, they needed the creators to sort of make, there are all these good ones for PC, but they haven't been ported over. Mm. And uh, Skyrim, I think, only gets two gigabytes of memory, or whatever it's, my memory? Really? I don't know, whatever you call it. Yeah, whereas Fallout gets four or five, or it's vice versa, Fallout only gets two, and Skyrim okay. gets four or five. So, it just depends how much you can actually deploy. Mm. For, I got a, like, a Vietnam 
Arm soundtrack, which is, like, is pretty common, I guess, for people who love the game, but it, was really, it just made it really interesting. Mm-hmm. Just had all, like, 1970s and 80s era stuff playing on your radio or your radio. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's good for yeah. the indecisive person who can't be bothered going through it and picking all their songs that they play. Well, I don't... I, I disable the music immediately. <laughs> Even though I like all of the uh, Fallout 3 songs. Yeah. And the New Vegas ones. Um, Fallout 4 Scrum. <laughs> yeah. That whole game. I've been having a lot of discussions with a friend lately. Friends lately. I'm not really into it. I don't think it's that good. I don't think a lot of the new games I'm really playing, but I, I guess they're made from bigger titles, so I don't seem to be enjoying it as much. Mm. Didn't really enjoy Mass Effect. Didn't really enjoy Fallout 4. I didn't really enjoy Grand Theft Auto 5. I didn't really enjoy Battlefield 1. I'm still playing it, but not it didn't not, did like, not, not like I played other games, man. Like 3, 4, the World War 2 expansion. Mm, um, those games th- those games I hooked on to, you know, mm. I, mean, I thought they were top. But, um, Battlefield 1, I still got my friend to re-download it and stuff, and we're still playing it like every week. I at least yeah. played it a couple of times. But not, that wasn't what it was like when we played Battlefield 4. Oh. That shit come out, man. It's all I ever wanted to do. I was like, come on, come on, guys, jump on. I'd have eight people playing that game with me or something. No, not the same. It doesn't no. feel the same. Uh, is it possible you just don't like open world games? I started to come to that realisation. I remember trying to mention it to you once that maybe it's like, as I'm getting older, or maybe it's my taste change. a more focused experience? To an extent. I think it's more multiplayer experience. Mm. More competitive, or not competitive, but just versing humans. I grew up playing single player a lot, I guess, and now that I've got the internet, it's just like, it's too boring for me. I, I'm very used to AI, like how the AI is going to react, or what mm. the mindset behind the person who's doing the level building is going to do. So a lot of the like single player experience is sort of destroyed by that. Yeah. I, I thought about it because the, the sort of open world genre, it's like how, how they pull it off. Mm. I enjoyed Fallout 3 and I enjoyed Skyrim, but I guess, again, I, when I, even when I was playing them, I wasn't enjoying them because I was doing the quests and everything else, enjoying them because of my own stuff, I think, mm. again. I guess, I guess I do want a multiplayer experience more than anything. Uh, I think the biggest difference, well, the similarity between Skyrim and Fallout 3 and the difference between Mass Effect and Fallout 4 is Mass Effect and Fallout 4 cram you into a much linear path in an open world game at the start. Mm. Right, it's much longer when both Fallout 3 and Skyrim have a very short yeah, mandatory right path the and then woo, it's off to Whiterun or wherever. Yeah, or whatever you want to do. Whatever the fuck it is you want to do. That's yeah. the thing. It's, the dream is alive in this game. Be- it's not... Because you played like 80 hours and never hit level 10. Yeah, to give you an idea of that's my first Skyrim experience mm. is like playing a fat ages i'm talking you know multiple characters multiple mm. playthroughs but never hitting level 10 or never experiencing much of the story like this i was too busy just having fun I was yeah, doing around, around, the buckets on people's heads. and stealing everything and that is like <laughs> legitimately that was my time that was like fun, that's yeah. what i did I, I did the thieves guild a whole bunch of times i didn't but when people say oh did you join the thieves guild when i said yes or whatever like we talked about it mm. the, everyone's experience is different when the, i always say yes i joined the thieves guild I just joined them so I could sell shit to the, the <laughs> So you had a fence. Yeah, and so I had a fence. And that was it. Mm. When people say, did you do the Thieves Guild? They think, they're asking me, did, did I finish the quest? Or did yeah. I do them? Or whatever. No, never yeah. once. I, I, you did the bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did the first quest. Or the second quest. Yeah, the bare minimum to get a fence. And I was like, job done, GG. I'm, I'm happy. Mm. I'm rich. I, on the other hand, have played, uh, I think it's like, 60 hours of Mass Effect Andromeda yep. and I'm at 96% completion rating 
So I've done all the quests and the last four are just bugged and will not turn in. Which would be, for someone who's gone that far, incredibly frustrating. Yes. So that means there's like 98 quests or something? They're not each worth 1%. Well, if there would be, if there was a hundred, you said that you're at ninety-four, and I'm at like ninety-six percent, and, and, and it is like I said, there's like four left. Ah, oh, okay, right? Yeah, because okay. <laughs> uh, some of them, they're, they're definitely not each worth one, one, because I know there's more than a hundred quests, <laughs> okay. right? And I think there are some stuff that just count for more in the percentage, right? I don't know how they're working that out, but because I saved the game. Checked that it was at like you know sixty seven percent. Then did a Pacific. You don't know how it works. Maybe you're done. Look, <laughs> I just got <laughs> <laughs> listen. To this. That look was like a, a mixture between angry vision. <laughs> look, the quest says talk to this guy. I talked to that guy. He gave me a reward for the quest, but then the quest still said talk to that guy. It is just bugged doesn't and then that is why I'm at like 90 whatever fucking percent okay, okay? I'm not just dumb <laughs> I don't know like if the way that they have certain things allocated to be a certain percent because yeah. I know you don't actually have to do everything to get a hundred percent oh okay right there's all those sidetrack stuff right yeah like there's stuff that's Wait, like so you can't oh, complete the main quest no, I've completed the main quest. It's a side quest that's both. So, but, okay, you don't need to do all the side quests, okay. just some of them, okay. Okay, okay well, think of it as three tiers of quests. So your first tier is your main story, yeah. right? And then there's side quests, and, and then there's, there's like really collection side. events. Oh, yeah, okay, it's like, yeah, yeah. Go around and find one of every flower in the genre. Yeah. I'm like, no, who's the fuck? <laughs> if I'm there and I see it, maybe. See, in old games, those would be challenges that were like in the backboard. Mm. Like, if you were the kind of person that wanted more to do in the game and you completed everything else, then you'd go to this little challenge tab. Like, mm. in, in an old game, The Godfather, you had, like, an execution tab, and it just had all these different executions. And you could set your own little challenges. Mm. It wasn't about the game, like... Being uh, like, do it, and maybe we'll give you a fuck hundred XP. Yeah, I don't know. That's, see, that salties me. It never used to be about that. <laughs> it used to be about the fun. Just it used fun. to be about just doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, as opposed to now it seems like the company's doing it to give you something to do. Mm. Which yeah. is not... It, no. it should be enjoyable in its own right, and then you want to do it, or you want to enjoy that experience for yourself. Yeah. Not have the game try to pad itself out. That is it's not how you build a good game. <laughs> it's all filler, no killer. I don't know. Like, even yeah. this, so again, it sounds stupid, but the ability not to crouch in that game irks me to no end. You know mm. what I mean? It, it, I mean, you need it for very nearly no use at all. Like, there's no places you just, like, man. There's no place you need it. There's no place where you're going to get, th not be able to get through without it, but there are places where it has felt like a hindrance. Like, let's say that you wanted to enemy... run to a wall and crouch before you get to yeah let's yeah. say that let's just say the odd, the odd chance that I'm not standing directly next to cover and then the enemy <laughs> might be able to shoot at me for the next three seconds you might be able to, to cover and it'd be nice if I could like get behind that cover from meters away to it move up to it and then continue my path because people are like oh but if you because this is the defense I heard right if you enable crouching then it's going to enable a camping play style what? Nobody said when you crouched you have to sit still. Alright? <laughs> you can still aggress with the thing. Like, it can still be a fast paced game and you can crouch. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. Yeah. I, that is so, so. Maybe they're just. 
Like, they're trying to defend the context of the thing. They're trying to say that's why, because the developer wants you to be more forward and more aggressive. Yeah, make better AI that's more aggressive. Will give me more of a reason to want to flank. Make them well, so strong from the front that my option is hmm. to flank. No. Well, that's actually kind of the problem with just balancing AI for a multiplayer. Because you can just, if you want AI to be one hundred percent perfectly headshotting you all the time. It's just like a slider in a menu. Yeah, no, no, it could... It, that it doesn't could, make it more fun. No, it doesn't. No, I've been in games where you can set the AI to, like, stupid. And, do, yeah, that's, do you, it does do that. Do you remember the game Red Faction 2? Yes, love yeah. that game. Okay. A lot, actually. I, I really like playing Some the multiplayer because it had bots. It was something I could play by myself. Yep. But the bots would gain levels, and you could dump points into whatever you wanted. Yep. So I would have my little team, and I would just slowly build their points up in accuracy. Yep. And like, so they would just, they didn't do a lot of damage. Yeah, basically, and they'd just run around. One of them would get like the rail gun or whatever, they could shoot through walls and just start nailing it. Yeah. Yeah, That was a really cool game. Didn't you have a multi tap at some point? A multi tap. So he used to have a little thing where you could plug. At PlayStation 2 back in the day, it only had two ports. Oh, yes, I did have a multi plug. It had a a plug which could let you plug in more controllers, yeah, which is this like ape shit, that is so cool. But that meant that we could play Red Faction with like multiple people and stuff, that was insane. That was really cool. Mm. These days you can just plug four controllers into an Xbox or whatever. On the PS2, PS2, playing four players was the dream. You, you mm. were living it. Oh, Red Faction 2? I know, right. Just... I remember Red Faction 2. Remember Red Faction 2. Remember Red Faction 2. I get two. the feeling you no. might want to play that game again. Ratchet Gladiator is what I was going to say. Ratchet Gladiator, that was really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, fucking hell. I just finished that again in all my PS2. Did you? Yeah. So good that you can play it twice, eh? Yeah. I feel like I could play old Red Faction 3 or whatever again. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Easily. I would totally go for Red Faction 3. Yeah. Um, although did you play? Did you play Gorilla? That's the one where it's got like an open world, destructible environment with all the houses. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. That's I did play that. Such a good game. Apparently, if you played it online, it was it was really enjoyable. Like you remember when we used to play and you take turns? Yeah. In the online version, there was no turns. Everyone was like on the map or some oh, shit. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so you could actually like run around and fuck with people or whatever. If you had a bunch of mates playing it, my friend was explaining it like. You know, you'd be standing in the house and you wouldn't realise that your friend, like, rigged all the outside with explosives <laughs> and then he'd, like, knock out a few support pillars and then he'd, like, bust through the wall and go, oh, yeah, and then click the button and the whole fucking thing and, you know, the booming come down. The chain and, reaction of yeah. That game was really cool. It just had some cool ideas, um, not just in terms of, oh, it had cool destruction physics, but the way that open campaign worked, mm. that open free play, ambushing convoys and, like, hitting mm. certain buildings and... It feeling like it worked towards an actual cause. That mm. game did that very well. It did feel like it worked towards an actual cause. It feels like the AI is actually doing something. Yeah, right. like there was a world going on and you were in it and mm. they would, you know, which, be attacking you and fighting back. And which is something that not a lot of the more modern open world games really pull off very well, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Fallout 4 does not do this. Mafia well. doesn't pull it off very well. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda kind of does. Not really. You don't, I don't feel like the enemy attacks you uh, back or it feels alive. No, no, no I meant... Uh, that's what I mean by kind of. All the like living stuff is kind of done in like a dialogue scene where it's like, someone's done something. And it's like, okay, I get that there's more happening that I can't see, but, but could you show me it, not didn't. tell me it? Yeah, yeah, or have it happening in a more f- yeah. free environment. Like, there was there's a side quest where some woman went rogue from the initiative, right, and wanted to have a baby. 
Yeah. Right? But when before they jumped in cryo and left, they all had pregnancy blockers basically put in. So it couldn't happen because if you just start adding babies to shit, you know, males get hungry. Yeah. Right. Um but this woman went rogue and had a bunch of technology that she could use to automatically call resources down from like the Nexus or whatever to her location. And she had blocked her, uh, removed her pregnancy blockers and stuff like that, and was ha- was pregnant. But up until like the final moment where you're like, okay, we've finally caught up to her. All you're doing is finding these satellites that when you get there, they explode. And you're like, oh, no, nah, okay, uh, gotta go check another system, see if she's stealing resources from there instead. Really? But, but she'll only put a, like a satellite out once you've got an outpost down on the planet. So you can't even immediately go do it. You have to wait for you to put an outpost, for her to steal resources from it, and then you finally find out where she is, and you go to her. She's under attack because you kill all the shit, and then the, the ship she's in just takes off. It's like that's it. That's the whole lot. That's the. <laughs> it's like okay, there is something happening there, but it's fucking stale. Uh, yeah, that's that's boring. I don't know. When you, it's like we talked about it before. It's it's risk and reward. It's like hmm. going through all this effort. One has to be enjoyable with it itself, but it has to mean something mm. at the end. And that meaning will mean a lot to like your remembrance of the enjoyment of the game. Mm. I didn't just remember Gears of War because of like it, its certain combat system or being able to chainsaw people in half. I remembered the fight, the struggle, and then overcoming it and how mm. it felt at the end when I did it. I remember yeah. all that. I remember certain moments... Like, I remember that petrol station and the whispering, the wind thing in the air because it was really difficult and it felt good once we conquered that, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, we played that game on the hardest difficulty and at the yeah. time it's really hard but you look back on it now and you're like, oh, that was really cool. It was something mm. that you, you, you strove through to succeed and that's what makes, like, the godfather of the game, in my opinion, one of the best free, free open world games mm. I've ever played because... It's one downside is that you don't get attacked back enough, in my opinion. Like, I think that if it were to be done again, that's a really good way you could develop that game further. Because you still got attacked back, you still lost businesses all the time, but it'd be in a sense where you'd fill up like a rage meter, and then if you didn't do something within a certain amount of time, or you died or whatever, two of your shops might blow up or be burnt down or whatever. Yeah, and um, where it's like an open combat system would have been slightly better. Like, both mm. of those. Mm. Have Rage Meter where if you die or pass out, one of your shops gets blown up. Mm. Or, one of your shops is already under attack and you're going to go and defend in some sort right. of way. But I think they had to do it from, like, an animation-style point. So right. I think it's like how like they what, make it work. What platform did that come out of? This was on PS2, I believe, maybe Xbox Original, and maybe PC. Okay. Yeah, uh, like, they might have just been dealing with limited processing. That, that's also, right. I think. So they're just like, we'll have a bigger game but we'll kind of scale back what... And I think that really worked, because you still lost items, but there was something like 200 enterable areas or something, like, that all have their own sort of... Like, let's say there was something like 100 to 200 shops on the map, and there were, like, different tiers of shops Mm. where there was, like, your little corner stores, and then it would work all the way out. But all of these shops had the main storefront, which you could take over and sort of, like, Mm. become the boss of, or Mm. whatever... And then they had like underground racketeering okay. shops at the back, so some would be like illegal warehousing, some would mm. be like illegal gambling, some would be like a whorehouse or something or, or whatever. Yeah, a little it, side room speakeasy yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and it, and then you'd have to go through and like fight the gangsters for that area mm. too. And certain 
then there were like levels of how heavily they were defended or tiers of those buildings and then it would go all the way up to their compounds. So you had five tier systems of com compound level mm. from your tiny little tier one barber store mm. guarded by two people or whatever to your massive, massive family compound. And all of these could be taken over and bombed and blown up and, and captured and stuff. And you could rob banks and there's just there's so much to it. Mm. Um, and what I mean by risk and reward is that you, in that game you start off weak. Mm. And you would start off getting your ass handed to you and you'd start off with no money. But you can make it so eventually, you know, you'll start off maybe in a nice pair of dress, dress pants and a rolled up shirt, sleeve mm. shirt or something. But by the end of it you'll be in the most pimpin' suit or whatever you want. It's very cool. There's only a few things that'll change about the game. It was so risk and reward. The campaign was very good. It was based around the movies, but it sort of put you on the sidelines. And it's not like I've really seen The Godfather or been a massive fan of some movies, but I feel like you can enjoy that game and the game's campaign and storyline without ever having seen the movies and have it not completely ruin the movies, but still have cultural references you'd understand from like different shows. And yeah. Movies. yeah, I haven't seen The Godfather movies, but the only thing I know... Yep. Is do you know the scene where the Godfather's like sitting at his desk and like he's talking to someone and there's that shop of him sitting mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. and he's playing with the cat? That cat was apparently a stray that wandered onto set. And he was just like, like a, you know, like this dude looks comfy. Yeah. And also the guy that played the Godfather, like, um, Brandon Marlowe, Marlowe Brandon. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know the actor, but apparently he was entirely disinterested in, in the role. And did not learn. He did not read his script. Turned up on day one for shooting and asked like his co-stars. So is the script any good? And so, uh, just off like shot, all around the sets and stuff were his lines like written on stuff. Wow. Yeah, because he didn't bother to remember any of them. That's probably why he sits there and takes like these like subtle pauses and seems really he's slow reading, and really Yeah, because he's reading. Movies. Yeah, and then delivers it like he's all like. Concise and concerned mafia man, but really he's just trying to figure out what the fuck mm. he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> it works <laughs> for the role he's playing. It really works. Mm. If you had to be fast-paced, it wouldn't work. But if you could be slow, concise, and strategic yeah. throughout your whole thing, it yeah. sort of gives you an extra bit of uh, ambiance and like obscurity about you. Mm. I'm all slow and concise and precise. Look at me. Uh, look how evil I am. <laughs> look how nasty I can be. I, I like the idea that the mafia were like. The romanticised version mm -hmm. that they always try and give you is that mm. they were more of the respectful mafia. Mm. I was watching a small documentary piece by just a creator on YouTube, um, Ned Kelly, the other night. He's got the guy's extra credits. If you ever get the chance to watch them, they're mm -hmm. fucking amazing. Would recommend them 100%. They just do like short documentary pieces, and it's not not over in depth, but it's a really uh, let's say user friendly to, to mm. use a nice term or something yeah. um, it's, it's easy to uh, digest digest easy, easily digestible material in the form of education right and um, they did it on Ned Kelly and he was the kind of guy who was just grew up poor mm. just had a really rough life and then he turned into a proper Robin Hood mm. where he would steal from rich assholes <laughs> and give it to the poor oh, right. and like that was pretty much his whole career until he got gunned down mm. Mercilessly. Yeah. And even the first people he killed, you, <laughs> apparently that's his last few words. Such yeah. is life. No, no, I'm no. like, that's so Australian. Eh, such is life. <laughs> this is where I've come to. Like, because in his mind, the whole thing 
it symbolizes his in his mind that he didn't put himself in that mm. position. The mm. world did. Like he yeah. literally was just a, a product of his own environment. He didn't choose to be a criminal. There was one point where he knew four. Like this is how he killed his first police officer. Was he knew four people were going to kill him mm. because of the crimes he committed, and they were hunting him down. And he overheard them because he knew where they were coming and were following them, saying that they wanted to kill him. Mm. And therefore he was like, well, I'm going to try. Well, sort of, but he tried to take them hostage at first. He just tried to, they split up two and two and he tried to take the first two hostage. And one guy went, I don't want to be shot. The other one tried to shoot him and got shot. (laughs) Funny how that works. (laughs) Funny how that works. So, I don't know, like, for him, he was just trying to defend his own life, you know what I mean? And then that just went, like, it just kept escalating to the point where it was like, fuck it! Again, like, look at that spike that was there. Yeah. Got to find fun with that. Yeah. You're gonna be your editing. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be. I'll be the treadmill that powers your damn computer before I know how to end. <laughs> it's really not that hard. Um. <laughs> Hear that audience when he complains about it being difficult in the future? You heard it here. It's not that difficult. <laughs> I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta live it just for that joke. <laughs> just for that joke. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. You know when you're young, you kind of hear and see stuff and just kind of perceive it as what you think it is to try and make it make sense. When I first remember seeing like Ned Kelly and stuff, I knew he was a criminal, but I always thought he was just kind of famous for being a criminal who wore armour. Yeah, right? not for any of the other stuff, no, just for no. the fact that he wore, he wore armour. armour. Like, that was revolutionary yeah. or something. And I thought he was the person who invented bulletproof armour oh, yeah. when I was younger, because yeah. he wore bulletproof armour, apparently. I mean... Kind of bulletproof. No, actually, that's the interesting part. It was bulletproof. Yeah. So it wasn't well, kind of bulletproof. No. Bullet it, resistant. No, no, no. So it bullet bullet resistant means eventually the bullet will get through, right? Yeah. Whereas his armor was thick enough that the caliber of bullet being fired at it would, couldn't get through. So if you took a bigger bullet or a bigger gun, but against the caliber he was being fired against, okay, like, so it just I, meant he. It was practically bulletproof. Practically bulletproof, you could say, because yeah. like, sure, they could, yeah, you could bring a bring bring a bigger gun, but you're not going to be. Let like, me bring my Barrett fifty BMG. Yeah, but you know, this is in a time of like not muzzle loaders. It was a like breech. They still had um, it was cartridges, okay, yeah. cartridge loaded stuff. Yeah. But it it uh, it's not like they were, um, you know, it was still pre World War One mm. guns. So yeah, you so were, stuff before like the Grand. Yeah, or the Garand, I should say. Like before, even before that though. So like mm. your your revolvers are still predominantly single action uh. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, and mm. they still they still fired off like you call them like caps. You wouldn't necessarily. I can't remember the name for it, but your modern day cartridge is like it's all one bit. Mm. Does it's that make one sense? long cylinder. Yeah, cylinder. Um, it's all one copper shell or whatever yeah. brass brass casing, right? Yeah. Whereas back then it wasn't always necessarily the case. Like, it wasn't always uh, a solid brass casing. Does that make sense? It was still one piece. It just wasn't as beautifully honed. Yeah. But they didn't have as much punching power as the key thing. Like, they, they, the powder, I believe, wasn't as strong as the time, and the caliber of the round wasn't that they, big. They were, they were still using, like, ball bearing circles. Like no, 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 no. Wasn't Oh, no, no, no. So this is, that, this is the period between the two times. Okay. So... It's not a separate, it's all one charge. So mm. we went from firing a round with propellant mm. to putting the propellant in the round. And this is just after that period. Okay. 
So there's still, that's what I was saying, there's still all one thing, mm. and you don't need to have two separate chargers. They're just not what you would picture in your modern bullet, where it's like, there's a primer cap, mm. and then there's a load of explosive shell, and then there's the head, all in one solid brass casing. Mm. It's a little bit more, I don't know, you could look it up. But, um, uh, where were we? Where were we up to? So it really was bulletproof. It, the only places where he was exposed was his legs, his hands, and a small bit across the eyes. I mean, that's pretty cool. Seeing a guy walk into a crowd of people getting shot at and then firing back would have been quite a sight. That would make me... If I was an officer in the general vicinity of seeing a man just like tank his way into the room... I would have shot him in the legs. Shot him in the legs. You think you'd be clever enough? The story goes, though, that he stood at a top of a ridge only exposing from his waist upwards. Oh, okay. It's pretty clever. Like, he's sort of already come up with that. He did just not on his legs and then be like... He eyes on his legs yeah. and be like, come at me, bro. Yeah, no, he was, he was clever enough to do that. Yeah. There's a story that he apparently just um, was with... Uh, his uncle was a... He was a bush ranger before he'd met Nick Kelly. Uh, but his uncle was crap. <laughs> so he, when he followed him up in his arm, they just got arrested pretty much instantly. Yeah. Instantaneously. Yep. Good stuff. And then he became one of the world's most notorious outlaws because of a life of abject poverty and other people's, like, bringing him major misfortune. People trying to mm. mess with him his whole life. It's almost like if you do bad things, bad things will happen. Oh. oh. You reap what you sow. <laughs> 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 I'm like trying to find another like circle meaning of life sort of uh, phrase. Ugh. Sorry, I'm full of it, mate. I'm full of it. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're just full of it. Just full of it. Yeah. Alright, did you want to wrap it up here? Did, did you want a can of coke? Uh, no, not really. Is there a chance I could get a drink of 